Good morning. Uh, grab a Bible. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians 9. If you don't have a Bible and you'd like to, to grab one and follow along, feel free to get up and get one. We have some right back here in the back of the room. There's also a great resource available for you. We, we talk about every so often uh, called the YouVersion Bible app. It's a free app. It's a, it's a great resource for you to have um, as you study the Bible on your own. And in that app, there's a, there's a place at the bottom that says more. You click on that and click on events. And you can find us and follow along there with all the scriptures and some other helpful links as well. So have you ever been in a drive-thru and then pull up to the window to find that the person in front of you paid your bill? Does that happen? That, this way to pay it forward is somewhat common and, and might get a, you know, a chain of a few cars paying the bill of the person behind them. I found a news story this week about a Dairy Queen in Brainerd, Minnesota. And the manager there said that this, this occasionally happens and at most it will last for 15 to 20 cars. But last December, uh, there was a chain of over 900 cars that paid it forward over the course of two and a half days. That's a lot of blizzards and chicken strip baskets. <laughs> I wanna know who broke the chain, don't you? Like, <laughs> really stinks to be that guy. This is just one example of generosity producing more generosity. There's no shortage of stories like this on the internet if you do a, a quick search. When a person is generous, the recipient of that generosity is often inspired to do the same thing, whether, whether it's right away or in the future. During this series, Will You Grow?, we've been exploring what the Bible has to say about generosity, a topic that God has a lot to say about. You know, Ian has talked about what generosity is and, and why it's important, both to the kingdom of God and to our personal spiritual growth. We've said this a lot and we will continue to say it wherever you are God doesn't want you there he wants you to grow in every area of your life including generosity so that's why we've been talking about this and why we've had every week we've had some some quick family meetings about finances it's why we've given you some practical tools to use as you wrestle with this question of growth wherever you are God doesn't want you there Today we're going to finish this series and our time in 2 Corinthians uh, chapters 8 and 9. And we're going to see what the Bible says that generosity produces. We've seen real examples of, of what generosity does in people's lives. Both the people who give and those who receive. Generosity is life-changing. But what does the Bible say that generosity does ultimately what does God want to accomplish through the generosity of his people? What's the point? You know, it's got to be more than blizzards and chicken strip baskets, right? And that'd be nice, but Paul has spent two chapters uh, talking to the Corinthians about their generosity. He's been encouraging them. He's been teaching them along the way. And this is how he ends this section in 2 Corinthians 9, starting with verse 11. He says, you will be enriched in every way to be generous in every way which through us will produce thanksgiving to God. For the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. By their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others, while they long for you and pray for you because of the surpassing grace of God upon you. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. Back to verse 11. You'll be enriched in every way to be generous in every way, which through us will produce thanksgiving 
to God. There's this really cool cycle that happens with generosity. You'll be enriched in every way, to be generous in every way. Ian talked about this uh, a couple weeks ago. Uh, he said, when we give, God gives. And when God gives, we give. It's the circle of life or something like that. I think he said something like that, didn't he? No, he didn't. And what does this produce? It says right there, thanksgiving to God. We're, we're going to come back to that in, in just a bit. But verse 12 says, For the ministry of the service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. So what does generosity do? What does generosity do? Number one, generosity meets needs. Generosity meets needs. That's pretty obvious, right? You're like, duh, John. Uh, when people are generous, it meets a physical, emotional, or spiritual need for someone else. And I, I think meeting a physical need is the part of generosity that's most naturally contagious. It's so encouraging when you get to see the direct result of generosity or be on the receiving end of someone meeting one of your needs. Like, like someone over here is hungry and then someone else buys groceries for them. Or there are parents in prison who, who can't buy their kids Christmas gifts, who can't connect with them in that way. And, and you provide those gifts through our Angel Tree ministry. All the gifts and and family baskets are, are covered this year, by the way, so great job. My wife and I have been on the receiving end of some incredible generosity through the years. Some real needs of ours have been met because of other people. I also want to note that this isn't something that's exclusively a Christian trait, right? There, there are people from all walks of life in all parts of the world who are very generous. People who genuinely love meeting the needs of others. I mean, over 900 people in a Dairy Queen drive through in Minnesota were generous, and it wasn't necessarily because they were Christians. I'm sure that some of them were, but, but not all of them. So for the Christian, for you in this room who follow Jesus, who want to grow closer to Him and walk closer with Him, what is the expected result of generosity? As we pray about opportunities to be generous, what should we be looking for? What outcome or outcomes should be celebrated? Well, we said this generosity meets needs, of course. That should be celebrated, but it's, it's more than that. Number two, generosity produces worship. Generosity produces worship. Back to verse 12, for the ministry of this service is not only supplying the needs of the saints, but is also overflowing in many thanksgivings to God. I would argue that this is the most important outcome of generosity. This is what Paul's telling the, the Corinthian church. He says, not only is your generosity meeting the needs of others, but it's causing people to worship God. It's causing people to thank Him. And out of all the needs that people have, out of all the needs in this world, our greatest need is Jesus. All other needs are temporary. All other needs are temporary, but our greatest need is something that's eternal. Our greatest need is more of Him in our lives, and generosity makes this happen. Generosity produces worship. We know that when people worship God, they become closer to God. We, we see this also reflected in the, in the Ten Commandments that God gave the nation of Israel. We see this truth there. Exodus 20, verse 3 you shall have no other gods before me. You shall have no other gods before me. God doesn't want anything taking the place of him in our hearts. And when we do that, when we center our lives around other things, 
That's when we get ourselves in trouble, right? Fast forward to Exodus 34. For you shall worship no other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Now, that's kind of strange to, to hear if you're not familiar with it. God isn't jealous in the sinful ways that people get jealous about things. God desires for us to worship him because, again, he's our greatest need. And he is the only one who's actually worthy of our worship. The only one who can satisfy the longing that we have deep in our souls. There's a thirst that can only be quenched by him. Yet, we give our hearts to, and we, we center our lives around so many other things. And that's, that's a battle, I think, that we'll forever fight until we see him again, until we're with him. So he's jealous for us. You know, there's, there's a logical thought process. To this, I am capable of being logical sometimes, contrary to what people say. <laughs> it's a logical thought process to this. And it, it's this, God wants the best thing for us. God, we can be confident of that. God wants good things for us. And the best thing for us is to know him. Every person tries to fill this need with things that can actually meet that, that need. And that's what the Bible would call idolatry. That's what it, it meant in the Ten Commandments when, it, when he said having another God before him. That's idolatry. Next, we know him deeper through worship. And when you center your life around God, you just naturally grow closer to him. That's what happens. As we've seen in 2 Corinthians, generosity produces worship. One of the outcomes of generosity is worship. Therefore, the primary reason that God wants us to be generous is so that we and others grow closer to him. Generosity is God's response to idolatry. Generosity is God's response to idolatry. Generosity helps us and others let go of the things in this life that keep us from knowing him and knowing him in a deeper way. Jesus talked so much about money in the, in the four gospel accounts. And he said this in Matthew 6, verse 24. He said, no one can serve two masters. For either, either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. When you make a commitment to be generous, to use what God has given you for his glory, and when, you, when you make that commitment, rather than making it an afterthought, you are consciously making an effort to fight against the idols in your life. It's a crucial part of the battle to keep God as the centerpiece of your life. Verse 13, by their approval of this service, they will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ and the generosity of your contribution for them and for all others. They will glorify God because, because of what? They will glorify God because of your submission that comes from your confession of the gospel of Christ. Worship of, of God occurs when you are obedient to the gospel. When you submit to God and what he is calling you to do. When you commit to be generous. When you commit to grow because of the gospel. Because of what Jesus has done. When you do that, amazing things happen. God changes your life. And God changes the, the lives of the people that your generosity affects. And then verse 15, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. You know, over the course of this message series, we've looked at two full chapters 
about giving and generosity and, and have spent four weeks going through it. And it all ends here with gratitude to God for his generosity. It's a gift that he says, thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. It's a gift that can't even be fully described or put into words. It's a gift that has completely transformed lives. And his generosity is the fuel for our generosity. And it, it, it just produces more gratitude and more worship. I want to close with this. Uh, in one of his books about missions, pastor and author John Piper said that missions Missions is not the ultimate goal of the church. He said worship is. Missions exist because worship doesn't. Worship is ultimate, not missions, because God is ultimate, not man. When this age is over and the countless millions of the redeemed fall on their faces before the throne of God, missions will be no more. It is a temporary necessity. But worship abides forever. Worship, therefore, is the fuel and goal of missions. It's the goal of missions because in missions, we simply aim to bring the nations into the white-hot enjoyment of God's glory. The goal of missions is the gladness of the peoples and the greatness of God. There are, are missions, there are missionaries all over the world because there are places where God is not worshiped. We had, just, we had just had one of our mission partners with us last Sunday. There are a lot of people in our communities who don't worship God, who don't know Jesus, and they are looking other places for hope. They're looking other places for purpose. And those missions and our mission here are sustained and propelled forward by the generosity of God's people. Missions, the mission and generosity are inseparable. And worship is the end goal. Glory to God is the goal. More and more people entering into relationship with God the God who made them, the God who loves them, and then growing in that relationship, that's the goal. At Broadway, we remind you all the time that our mission here is to help people find hope in Christ and a home in his church, and we accomplish that mission by being a people who are generous. I know that sometimes we feel like we can't afford to be generous, but I was thinking this week, we can't afford to not be generous. Double negative. That's right. We can't afford to not be generous. This is how God uses his people to grow his kingdom. And that is something that we should not take lightly. This is something that we need to wrestle with. Wherever you are, God doesn't want you there. So will you grow? God is far more concerned with your heart than your bank account. And Ian, Ian said this a few weeks too, that generosity is, is, all, is really all about your heart. God is calling you to be obedient, obedient to take this question of growth seriously. And, and like the Corinthian church, allow the gospel, allow the grace that you've experienced, this inexpressible gift that Paul talks about. Allow that to shape your life. Allow the gospel to affect every part of your life. Let's pray about this, and then some of our elders are going to come up and, and share with you for just a few minutes. Let's pray. Uh, God, we, we thank you for the inexpressible gift of, of grace, of your love for us. God, thank you for modeling generosity. God, you gave your all for us. 
And God, would you, would you help us uh, to wrestle with this question of, of growth? God, I know there's so many people in this room, God, who desire to be closer to you. So God, may we be a people who ask the hard questions, who uh, examine our hearts and allow you, well, allow you to examine our hearts. And God, would you reveal to us the areas of our lives that we need to grow? And God, would you help us uh, to be generous? And God, to fight against the idols in our lives, the things in our lives, God, who are fighting for our attention? God, would you, would you help us God, as, as we strive to carry the mission forward and build your kingdom. Thank you for this church and all you do in us and through us. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Good morning. Really, that's it? <laughs> all right, that's better. Uh, Matthew twenty-two thirty-six through 40. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. I think it's pretty easy to forget sometimes when we go to church that those are the two things that we're here to do. Learn to love God and learn to love our neighbors. My name is Michael Beavers. I am the chairman of the elders for this year, and I'm joined by several of the other elders. Uh, we wanted you to hear an update from 2021 and tell you uh, that we're excited as we head into 2022. I'm going to go off script. I knew that was going to happen. First of all, I want to say you are a very generous bunch. Um, years ago, my wife and I were struggling financially we came to the realization that we couldn't help anybody. We were charging our groceries on a credit card. Um, we had several kids, and we said we gotta do something different. I'd heard about this Dave Ramsey guy, and it cost like a hundred and some bucks. I didn't have a hundred and some bucks to go figure out how to deal with money. And somebody generously paid for half of our way. Now, I don't know if they know who I was. I definitely don't know who they are. But it completely changed our, our ability to give. I can't even tell you how much difference it makes to know that instead of being on the receiving end, which I was very grateful for, that we're actually able to be generous. And it's fun. Um, even if the, you don't know the people. Um, I heard a rumor there's even a group of guys that goes around to restaurants and they just put a big pile of money in for uh, the tip and they write, they write something. What do they write on their money? Hope. They write hope on the money that they give. And it's just to be generous, just for fun, just to bless somebody. Anyway, back on target here. In the last year, Oh, you are incredibly generous, so I thank you for that. In the last year, over $100,000 was given by you to missionaries around the world and locally. 
$10,000 in benevolence to help people with real needs right here in our community. So you're making an awesome difference. I'll tell you what, I'm going to have you stand up if you fall into any of these groups here. So we've had a variety of events uh, and groups in this building, which you pay for, specifically for kids. So who's been involved in any of the kids' ministry stuff or come to those events? How about teens? Been involved in any of the teen events? How about any of the men's breakfasts? No, you got to stand up. You just got to keep going. I'm sorry. Uh, How about any of the women's things? How about any of the events we've had just for families? Uh, Yeah. How many of you have been been involved with the backpack ministry? And by the way, 2,200 bags of food came through the backpack ministry. You fed that many people. That is incredible. How many of you have been involved in grief share? Or peace meals? Or angel tree? I'll tell you a little story about... I'm making you stand up. I'm sorry. A little story about angel tree. Uh, I know of a little boy who wanted to contribute to angel tree, not realizing that his father who was in prison, that was the way he was sending his gifts. Um, so it's, it's pretty amazing. How many of you are involved with Safe Families, a new ministry that just got started? What about the discipleship hour? How many of you have been going to classes? So as you can see, <laughs> the ministries that happen here affect you all, but the things you hadn't thought about was how many of you have used the toilet paper that somebody makes sure to provide you, right? You don't have to stand up for that. Or the paper towels, or to make sure that the kids' rooms are clean, um, that we have a safe environment. So you are touched by the ministries and the people here doing ministry in amazing ways, and I'm so happy. You can sit down. Um, we actually were able to begin a new young adults group in October. Um, We've been incredibly blessed to be able to worship here. While a lot of other churches shut down, we tried to remain open the whole time, and it's so wonderful to see your faces. We celebrated 16 baptisms this year. You can clap. These ministries can only happen because of your generosity. We've got a new budget for 2022 available, if you'd like to see it. But hopefully you can see by the people that stood up that the budget really isn't about money. It's about people. And a lot of the people that you affected, the the backpack ministry, the benevolence, um, you may never meet and you may never see. But there are several thousand people that you've affected outside of here because of your generosity. Now, I don't know how God is urging you to grow, Um, whether it's through being generous with money or being generous with time or being generous with your love. Uh, But I would encourage you to listen to that voice and 
and do what you hear. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Jesus was our perfect example of this. And we take the bread and the juice as symbols for his body and his blood that was shed to pay the ransom for our sins. So let's take communion together and I'd like to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you let us be in the presence of people that are generous because of the generosity you showed us. Thank you for willing, be willing to pay for, for our sins, even though we didn't deserve it. You are so amazing and kind, and we thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen.